0: Welcome to the Amity Bible Church with our pastor, Dr. Les Smith, because our vision is to become the church that Christ intended it to be, to know God and to make him known is our mission. And we are committed to loving God, serving others, and are unashamedly obsessed with sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you can always get the message online, YouTube, Facebook, and our podcast. That's air on all major podcast platforms. Make sure you like and subscribe to all three We are inside of part two of the sermon series entitled, The Power of a Gentle Spirit. Today, Dr. Smith discusses how taking the low road can lead to a higher place. Take out your Bibles and follow along with us in Philippians 2, verses one through eight, as Dr. Smith explains.
1: We're living in an interesting time right now, and I want you to bear with me because, you know, I really just want to focus on this passage that's before us. There are a lot of supporting passages that we could deal with, but I just really want to focus on this passage. But let me set it up for you. Let, let, me, let me see if I can um, create a picture for you of what we're dealing with. You know, have you noticed that there is a resounding chorus in our country these days, and it's coming from all quarters. And it seems as if the existence of the coronavirus has made it toxic and shrill. So, what are you talking about, preacher? People are saying out loud, This is America, and I have the freedom to do whatever I want. I can tote a pistol, I cannot pay my taxes. I can push people around, I can defraud people of money, and I can refuse that nasty vaccine. People are saying, as Americans, I have rights, and neither the government nor anyone else has the right to deprive me of my rights and tell me what to do. Now, is that interesting or what? But this is the most interesting part. While people are vigorously defending their rights, they're trying to get you to give up yours so you can do what they want done. Come on now. And it goes even further than that. A few months ago, companies all over the country were lined up to get COVID relief money from the government. Ironically, the same government that they did not want to tell them what to do. Boom, chackle chackle you need to understand this is not rocket science there's a reason for this simply stated the humanity in us does not want people imposing their will on us but at the same time we want to dominate other people and it doesn't just start as an adult As soon as we arrive on the planet, babies cry for food and to be changed, and they will cry until somebody gives them what they want. And once they find out that crying works, they cry for everything. Boom, shakalaka! And it's not just kids. It's not just kids. Adults compete for the best jobs, for the most lavish homes, for the most prestigious cars, for the most extravagant vacations, and sadly, we will do almost anything to get what we want. What started out as a quest for survival has denigrated into an ugly expression of our fallen nature. In our flesh, we are just not nice people. I know you've convinced yourself that you are, but, but, but you are the devil incarnate apart from Christ. And we don't want to give up our privileges for someone else. There was a man who was driving in, a, in the country and he came to a one lane bridge. Have you guys ever seen those? A one lane bridge. And right, right, Uh, by the road, it said yield. So the man kind of just paused, waited to see if there were any other cars, and then he drove across. He did his business and he came back. Came to that same one lane bridge and on the other side of the bridge, it said yield. So he stopped and then he drove across the bridge. After he got across the bridge, he stopped and he looked back. He just wanted to verify that he had seen yield on both sides of the bridge. I'm, I'm preaching to somebody in here. Now, what if in a marriage you had yield on both sides of the bridge? What if in church you had yield on both sides of the bridge? What about if you were in your, at your company and you had yield on both sides of the bridge? But as, as, as fallen creatures, our inclination is to have our own way. Yes. To dominate is so strong that if it's not checked, it'll tear up churches and it'll tear up homes just because we want to have our own way. So, preacher, why are we looking at Philippians chapter 2? Because the incarnation of Christ is just the opposite Of all this mess. Jesus had every privilege. And he had the power. To dominate the world. And yet. He chose gentleness. And why did he chose. Why did he choose gentleness. Because he knew it would land him. At a place. Right next to his father. He knew that he could take. The low road. And end up in a higher place. What a blessing for those of us who get that. Jesus intentionally chose the low road. And you can even hear it in his own words. One of my favorite passages is Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. You might make a note of that. This is what Jesus, Pastor Martin is going to be talking about this next week, I believe. So you're going to get a full exposition. So I'm going to be careful with this. I'm going to leave him a lot of room. You, know, you sometimes a step on your stuff. <laughs> Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This is the God of the universe talking. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. I'm sure that one of the things Pastor Martin is going to explain is that Jesus had a double yoke. So Jesus never put you in a yoke that he was not also in. And so the reason his yoke was easy and his burden is light because he's pulling with you. He said, for I'm gentle and humble in heart. This is the king of the universe. In order to understand the enormity of this statement, you have to realize it's being spoken by the God who spoke the world into existence. You know that Jesus was right there with the Father. And what did the Father say? Let there be and there was. God spoke the world into existence by his powerful word. And then Jesus wanted to give his friends an example. So the disciples that he chose... John 13, 12 through 14. This is the same area where we get our our church scripture. By this, all men will know that we are disciples if we what? Love one another. What does love one another look like? Here it is. So when he had washed their feet and taken his garments and climbed at the table again, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. And if I then, the Lord and the teacher, washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. See, my wife didn't know that I was going to use this passage today, but this morning when we were getting ready, we were talking about the fact that my toenails had grown all out of proportion and that I was going to need to wash my feet tonight. (laughs) Boom, Shackle, lecker, lecker. The Lord has a job for you tonight. Can I get a witness? All of you up in here already are informed that I got a foot washing coming this evening. And all the people said, amen. Amen. (laughs) Jesus showed his disciples what gentleness looks like. Gentleness is that inner power, that Holy Spirit that controls how we speak and how we act toward other people. You know the expression we use, go off on folks? <laughs> Gentle ain't going off. <laughs> and generally the going off, I see, see one, of my, one of my real best friends, she gave me an expression that I'd never heard before till, um, till she used it. She told me, Pastor, I'm feeling some kind of way. <laughs> And I I I know when you're feeling some kind of way, stuff coming. You're gonna need some Jesus to conquer feeling some kind of way. I wish I had a praying church up in here because somebody in here knows what I'm talking about. Jesus was God wrapped in human flesh, and this was not just a matter of theology. Jesus told took the low road every day of his life jesus chose 12 guys he didn't choose phd's he didn't choose seminary graduates he didn't choose the society people he picked 12 ordinary guys and all he wanted was them to be like him and they weren't going to have to figure it out he was going to show them he was going to tell them, and he was going to model it for them. It has been said that a picture is worth a thousand words. I take a lot of pictures, and there are some pictures that I really can't describe. If you, if you are interested in landscape art, I, I recommend one of our stewards, Jerome Bonner. Jerome makes some of the most Beautiful pictures I think I've ever seen of nature. Now, but Jerome ain't cheap. So you're not going to get one for $5. (laughs) But if you love a picture that speaks a thousand words. Paul is an artist that paints with words. He paints And this is our summary statement, and I'm going to get into this text. He paints one of the clearest pictures of what a gentle and humble spirit looks like and how important it is for believers to choose the low road, knowing that it leads to a higher place. So let's start with Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. In this passage, Paul urges the Philippians not to allow selfishness to take root in their lives, but rather to demonstrate a humility that promotes the good of others at our personal expense. That's our challenge. We don't mind helping folk if it doesn't cost us. I think that's why we, we, get, we can give the homeless people a dollar instead of twenty dollars. Twenty dollars might cost us a dollar. You know, you you need to put three of those together to get a coffee. Isn't it interesting? You you get you get you get a three or four dollar coffee. Here's a brother that's hungry. See, you could swoop around, go to McDonald's, get him a couple of quarter pounders, and swoop back. Boom shaker lacquer lacquer Philippians chapter 1 chapter 2 verses 1 and 2 let's read it together and is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ any comfort from his love any fellowship together in the spirit are your hearts tender and compassionate then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other loving one another and working together with one mind And then three and four, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. Stop. That's the hardest thing for us to do, is to think someone is actually better than we are. We might think that they have skills we don't, but to actually think someone is better than we are to prefer them over ourselves. That's a stretch. He says, don't look out for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. If the goal of our Christianity is to be like Christ, then we have to find this gentle and quiet spirit. I have three points, three key points I wanna make, and then I'm gonna be out of here. Key point number one. If, if, you, if you write stuff down, you can write this down. But, 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 you, but there are just three words that you have to remember as we go through this. So you don't have to write anything down if you remember the three words. Choosing the low road that leads to a higher place means choosing a life of submission. Say that with me. Choosing a life of submission. Say that with me. Choosing a life of submission. So that's where we start. Listen to Philippians 2, 5, and 6. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. Instead, he took up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. Stop. Where did we see just the opposite of this attitude? We saw it in the garden. What got Adam into trouble is he was already perfect. Eve was already perfect, but being perfect was not good enough. Come again? Somebody help me out here. Perfect was not good enough. So he decided to be like God. And the devil told him if he ate the fruit, he would be like God. Some of us feel like we got a little godness in us. Just the way we talk to people. You know, the, 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 Christmas is coming up. And it's hard for people who work retail. Did y'all, let me see your hand if you work retail. Okay. okay. so I'm gonna put a little, I'm gonna put a little plug in for you. Don't be hollering at the people. (laughs) Okay? Especially especially with your fish on, you know, or your cross. (laughs) All up in Macy's and Dillard's and all, just hollering at the people. (laughs) Paul is saying, this is my first observation. If you want to be like Christ... You must imitate Christ. When was the last time that you saw in Scripture Christ hollering at somebody? (laughs) He he didn't even holler at the money changers. Here is a woman he caught in the very act of impropriety. And what did he say to her? He says, where are your accusers? She says, there's nobody. He says, well, you go and sin no more. We would have been on the phone. Child, do you know they caught Mary right in it? Jesus had her right in the square. Jesus was fully God. He was always God. Never a time when he was not God, but his mindset was to honor the Father. He did not see his Godness as something he had to hold on to. He refused to use his divine prerogatives. Instead, he submitted himself completely to the Father. You know, when two people get married, they give up the right to have everything their own way. Did you know that? When you, you when you sign you are saying I agree that it's not going to be my way. But see you don't know what else you're signing. Okay? Not only are you agreeing not to have everything your way. You're agreeing not to have anything your way. <laughs> you have to understand that You know, people will take a run at you. They'll check your oil. You know, one of the real challenges that I have had in my ministry life is a wife who is smart. Smarter than me. And there were times when I would just get kind of out of the way. Feeling some kind of way. I wanted to go out wearing my shorts and whatnot. And my wife, she didn't have to say but two words. Pastor Smith. <laughs> that is dirty pool. You know what she's saying? You know who you claim to be. There are people out there that know you claim to be this, and you're going to go out Showing out like this. (laughs) You give up the right to have anything your way. Jesus refused. Submission doesn't make you inferior or weak. Submission is all about the choice to honor. A husband honors his wife when he submits. Listen up. Young people, a child honors their parents when they submit. And guess what? You don't, you don't age out of this kind of submission. You, you can be a 45-year-old kid and you still need to respect your mama and daddy. You don't get too old to be respectful. I sure wish I had a praying church. Christ honored his father with submission. You know, one of the things that that I always wondered was how is it that an orchestra plays such sweet music? Especially when an orchestra is just like every other group. Did you know that people in an orchestra and in a choir, some of them don't like each other. And sometimes the sopranos be talking about uh, the altos, and the altos be talking about the tenors. Did y'all know that? Well, well, there was a meeting of the American Psychological Association, and two fellows, graduate students, presented their findings after they looked at 11 major symphony orchestras. This is what they found. The percussionists, where, where are percussionists? The percussionists were viewed as insensitive, unintelligent, hard of hearing, and yet they love to have fun. Okay, that's the percussionists. String players were seen as arrogant, stuffy, and unathletic. The orchestra members overwhelmingly chose loud as the description for the brass players. But the woodwind players seemed to be held in the highest esteem. They were quiet, meticulous, even though a bit egotistical. That's how the orchestra saw each other. So with such divergent personalities, with such divergent perceptions, how could an orchestra ever come together and make good music? Because of submission. No matter how they felt about the other people, they submitted themselves to the leadership of the conductor. They followed the direction of the conductor. You need to understand that a conflict leaves a workplace when the workers submit to the employer. A school Conflict leaves when the students submit to the teacher. A church, conflict will leave if they just pay attention to the leadership. And a marriage, conflict will leave if they submit to Jesus Christ, the conductor. I wish I had a praying church. You, if you want to pick the low road that leads to a higher place, you got to start with submission. Key point number two, choosing the low road that leads to a higher place means choosing a life of service. Repeat this, choosing a life of service. One more time, choosing a life of service. So we've got submission, yes, yes. Now we got service. Yes. This is good even for you folk who are losing your mind. Yeah. You, you can remember this. Okay, so look at verse 7. He says, but emptied himself, taking on the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. This is our second observation. Jesus willingly gave up his privileges and took the position of a slave. The meekness of Christ flowed out of strength you can be meek when you know who you are Mm -hmm. if you not got something to prove if you are not dealing with insecurities Mm -hmm. if you know who you are you see all my life growing up I labored under the illusion that I was a pretty man. And nobody could tell me that I was not a pretty man. So, so, so I'm, some of you are sitting there, I can't believe that's Pastor Smith. You know, how, can, how can he labor under that illusion? Are you looking at him? Bald headed you know, teeth falling out. Yeah. See, but it's not your opinion that matters. It's not your opinion that matters. And, and, and you need to understand that, that that's what Jesus taught us. Jesus taught us. You don't have to have this facade on the outside. It's the confidence that you have inside. Did any of you see the Mel Gibson movie, the Passion of Christ. Yes. Okay. It was hard to look at. It was hard to look at. That was a scene in the movie where Jesus was beaten. His flesh was literally. Being torn from. His body. But even as his. Flesh was being torn. From his body. Jesus never. Gave in. To Pilate. Do you remember what he said? He said. You don't take my life? He said, I lay my life down and just like I lay it down, I can pick it up again. Jesus knew who he was. He could not be bought. He could not be bullied. He could not be broken because he knew who he was. Our contemporaries, Mahatma Gandhi was called weak. Martin Luther King Jr. was called weak, and Nelson Mandela was called weak. But it was not weakness. It was meekness that allowed them to face insurmountable odds and win their revolutions, and they didn't fire a shot. Martin Luther King Jr. never had a weapon in his hand, and he changed The world, because he knew who he was. And for you young people out there, remember that was Simba's problem. That was Simba's problem. He was he he was out there eating worms, and he was he was eating all kind of stuff. And 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 his dad, an image of his daddy, came up, and he said, "Simba, you have forgotten who you are. Amity, you have forgotten." who you are. Jesus, Jesus Christ said, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Okay, I'm heading to the house now. Key point number three, choosing the low road that leads to a higher place means choosing a life of sacrifice, choosing a life of sacrifice, choosing a life of sacrifice. Listen to verses seven and eight. He says, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. But being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. You know, when you've laid it all on the line, when you've gone the last mile of the way, when you have voluntarily given the best that you have so somebody else can have better, that's what parents do parents take the best that they have and lay it down so their kids can have better. That's what spouses do. A husband lays down the best that he has so his wife can have better. Listen to what Paul said when he wrote to young Timothy, his last will and testament. Second Timothy verse chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, he says, for I'm already being poured out as has a drink of. He says, he says, already my life is being taken away from me. He says, and I'm all right with it. He says, and the time of my departure has come. He says, but check this out. Check this out. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course, and I have kept the faith. And then he added, and there has laid up for me A prize, a crown. But not just for me, but to all those who love his appearing, who hang on to the end. Observation number three. Sacrifice means the willingness to give up the best that you have for something that you believe is better for someone that you love. That's sacrifice.
0: We had an awesome time in the Lord and we pray that you did as well and want to thank you for visiting the Amity Bible Church. If you're in need of prayer, counsel, or if we can assist in any way, please don't hesitate to ask. If you would like to join, contact us or receive these and other sermon notes, visit us at amitybc.org. Until next week, we hope to see you then. Be blessed.